All right, everybody, welcome to Studio B. I am your host, Pastor MDH. Thank you so, so very much for joining us here on the set again. Uh, remember, wherever you are watching us from, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, you like, follow, subscribe, comment, um, and make sure wherever you access your podcast from, that's Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, you can find Studio B on those same platforms. Uh, today, 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 today in the studio we have a super, super, super special guest, um, not just to hear in the studio, but to all of the people at Bethel's family that know this wonderful young lady uh, by the name of Dr. Marva Hill. Uh, I'm going to introduce her to you, but I want to kind of set up what we've been doing here for the last three weeks. Uh, you know, right now in the month of May, we are in a series. I hate to call it a series because it's not a preachery thing, but uh, we are doing a series called Normalizing Success. And the whole premise of normalizing success in the African-American community is to say that um, success is not something that we strive for. It's just something that we do. Um, when you're looking at the history of African-Americans in this country and even far beyond that, uh, we live with a spirit of excellence. And so when, when, when things of great nature are done in our community, it's just part of what we do. We, we, are, we are successful by nature. And so I'm highlighting uh, some very successful people in, in regards to education, uh, entrepreneurship, in many different fields of study that these particular women and men that we'll have in the month of June have have done exceptionally well in life. And with that, with that, we have Dr. Marva Hill. And those at the Church of Bethel's family and those watching and those know who Dr. Hill is know that she operates with a high standard of excellence. Uh, she is an educator by trade. Uh, she went to Sam Houston State University, and they are the Bearcats they are the Bearcats, uh, to which she got her bachelor's degree in... Radio, television, film, communication. Radio, TV, film, communication. And then she went on to Texas Southern University right here in the city of Houston, where she gained her... Master's degree uh, in educational administration and my doctoral degree also in educational administration. Where she got her master's and then ultimately her Ph.D. She is a earned... PhD. And and let me just say this before, um, Dr. Hill, you know, this, the Bible says, well, not the Bible, but, you know, it's the saying to give people their roses while they live. Um, Dr. Hill is good, good, good people. She is good, 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 good people. Um, we've been working together now for several years, a very, very good and fruitful relationship. And I admire you from a distance. Uh, she is one of the hardest working people that we have here at the Church of Bethel's family. And everything she puts her hands to, she tries to make sure that it's done with a spirit of excellence. So, Dr. Marva Hill, welcome, welcome, and welcome again to the set of Studio B. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Marva Hill. Uh, I grew up here in the city of Houston, uh, actually in a neighborhood that now is is not one that is flourishing. It's uh, over in Sunnyside. Um, I, but that's not to say that good things can't come from... from Sunnyside? From, yes. Oh, my yes, goodness. That, See, that, I'm learning something that already. Is, that is where I grew up. <laughs> I attended Sunnyside <laughs> Elementary, uh, which has now been uh, since been renamed Ethel Young uh, Elementary School. So I... Um, I'm a product of uh, Houston Independent School District. I attended the High School for Performing and Visual Arts, wow. uh, where I majored in drama there, and I had a, um, a minor area in art. And so 
you know, I've kind of kind of run the gamut. I can say that my parents set me up so that I could do all of the things that I thought I wanted to do in life and to still uh, find some modicum of success. So for me, that that was very, very important. I come from a long line of teachers mm. uh, and educators. And um, in in the time during the time when I was growing up, uh, they wanted uh, they wanted you to get a job. They wanted you to not only get an education, but to utilize that education and to utilize that education to the best of your ability for the rest of your life. So for me, um, it was very important that I that I uh, used all of the tools that they instilled in me, and so that so that we could uh, always find some some way of of succeeding even in the failures. So we, we, um, we, what I learned as I was growing up and, and going through uh, some of the trials and tribulations that, that life kind of uh, sets in your path, what I really learned was that every failure is just a stepping stone to the next level of success. And we have to teach our children how to, how to live by that particular motto. So for me, that, uh, that was one thing that I can say that my parents and my grandparents instilled in me. I came from a, a family that was rather prominent uh, at the time. Uh, they were a family of uh, business people and educators. And uh, we just had, uh, there were a lot of different areas where you could, where you could actually uh, delve into and find some success. So you just had to do what, you know, what made it comfortable for you. But the one thing that they did tell us was that uh, failure was not an option. Mm -hmm. Just complete failure is not an option. Mm -hmm. You have to do what you need to do in order to uh, reach success. So, so, so siblings, I know that, and, and I'm going to jump, I want you to come back to the siblings, but I know that you are married uh, to a very wonderful man here, the, one of the sharpest dressers here at the Church of Bethel's family. <laughs> Don't tell him that. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about that family life and, you know, siblings, married, kids. Okay. I am, I, I'm from a family of four. There were three girls and one boy. Um, my oldest sister was in banking. My younger sister uh, was a, is a speech pathologist, and, and mm. so we 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 all had to do different things. My brother, on the other hand, um, at an early age, he was, um, he and uh, one of my cousins, uh, they were playing with a gun and the gun, uh, it actually went off and the bullet ricocheted and hit his spine. So he was a paraplegic for, for uh, the duration of his life. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, since uh, age, I think it was age eight. And he passed in, in 2018. But we had uh, an awesome opportunity because we, we had the chance to watch him grow as well. Um, he did a lot of uh, computer-type um, pos uh, positions and uh, a couple of customer service-type things. So it didn't stop him from being successful in mm -hmm. some way. Mm -hmm. um, all, all, all of us attended Texas Southern University, uh, not just because it was a, a, a historically black university, but also because uh, we had family roots that were there. So uh, we all managed to find our success in life. And, and you know, success is a journey. And a lot of times uh, people don't understand that. Uh, a lot of our youth don't understand that. Even our young adults, they don't understand that. It's it's not going to come knocking on your doorway. You have to go for it. Yeah. You have yeah. to go after it. You have to embrace the journey. And you have to stay on the driven path until you reach the goal that you intend to reach. So for us, it was it was it was a journey and we, we ventured out in different ways and that was really wonderful because we all came from the same root. Yeah. You know, and it, it's like a tree that 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 
uh, bore many fruit. And I thought I was just like, wow, this is really kind of amazing. So I can just imagine in, in families where there were uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten children, when they all venture off into different directions, that's just amazing to me. That is amazing. And, and Dr. Hill, so you're from Sunnyside. I am. And proud. We, a proud Sunnyside. Yes, yes, um, but there are some things in which we, we talk about all the time about, okay, people may not be born into the best of circumstances, right? So mm-hmm. I come from a single mother home and all that other good stuff. So we're not born into deeply, you know, successful families, mm-hmm. right? But you got to bloom where you're planted. Absolutely. And if you understand the place to where uh, you are and then skyrocket from that place, nothing is impossible for you. So when you're talking about yourself and all the things that you have accomplished, what are some of the earliest visions that you have for yourself? Like as a child growing up, what did you see yourself doing? As a child, um, I'll be honest with you, I admired my mother because she would get up every single day and she would dress up, go to school. Now, that's come on now, because Dr. Hill be dressing. She would dress up. (laughs) She would go to school. She would... uh, teach the the, uh, students. Uh, And at that time, she was an English teacher, but she also taught Spanish. So she spoke Spanish fluently. And I just Mm. thought, that is just absolutely amazing. My mother grew up in a small town called Rosser, Texas. As a matter of fact, it's it's called the village of Rosser to this day. They have about a thousand people uh, in the town. And you wouldn't know it. You would think that there were only 50 because, you know, they're in different concentrated areas. And where is that at? It's it's outside of Ennis, Dallas area, Dallas, Mm -hmm. Fort Worth area. Mm -hmm. And um, it was absolutely amazing to me because my mother grew up at a time when they were actually picking cotton. Mm. And they would have to uh, go to the fields and pick cotton and bring it back and prepare it and give it to you know, yeah, people yeah. so that they could sell it and yeah. do whatever they needed to do with it. So for me, that was absolutely amazing because I thought. And you saw your mother doing this. Right. My mother was my mother was a genius. She graduated at age 16 and went to college. Mm. And it was amazing because she was from a family of 13 and they were. I don't want to say dirt poor, but they were they were poor and they didn't know they were poor. Mm. And when I say 13, I mean 13. <laughs> like wow. 13 children. So she she actually came from very, very, very meager beginnings. But she managed to find her level of success in all of that. She decided early on that she didn't want to stay in Rosser. She wanted to actually move to a, a city. But for, for her, the city that she knew, the next city that she knew was Ennis. And, you know, for yourself, that's not a very big town mm-hmm. at all. And, and from there, she decided that she wanted to come to Houston. Uh, she actually attended um, Mary Ellen uh, uh, College, and it was, a, it was a junior college first before she went on to Texas Southern University. Wow. So I, I looked at her, and I, my vision was based on the life that she lived. And I was just totally in awe by the things that I saw her accomplish because she, when, when we would go back to visit Rosser, I was just like, wow. And sometimes, you know, we, with ha- us having so many people and the, th- the 13 people and their offspring, you know, we would uh, s- sleep on the floor. We, we'd sleep uh, on the couch. We'd get blankets. I mean, it was just, it was, it was a very, very humble, 
humble beginning. And so I just, I was in awe with her because not that she achieved anything great. She didn't, you know, her name is not in lights and she, mm-hmm. she, she wasn't in Hollywood and she didn't achieve this ultimate level of fame that, you know, and world prominence. But for her to have come as far as she came, I was, I was just totally, totally in awe with, with what she accomplished. Uh, and because I knew she could do it, uh, and she instilled in us that we could do it also. But what she what she told us, and I think that a lot of times, uh, sometimes we miss this as parents, we don't tell our children. We tell them that we want them to, to go to school, get a good education, get a good job, uh, find a way to sustain themselves in life. But we don't always tell them that they have to find their own level of success. Yeah. And we don't we don't we don't emphasize you know, what that level of success will look like in their world. Absolutely. And for for her, she did that for us. And I just thought, wow, that's really, I mean, even though she only had four children, she came from a family of 13, she did that for us. She, she made us understand, hey, success is going to look different for each of you because you're going to do different things. And um, once you find what those things are, then you need to go for it. And, and I thought, what does that mean? I didn't understand what that meant. I, I didn't understand what that was supposed to look like. I didn't understand the steps that I was supposed to take in order to reach the goal that I set for myself, but the, success, the level of success that she had set for us. So it was it was a different type of journey. Um, and when I look back on it now, I wouldn't trade it for the world because I, I think that a lot of our, our today's youth and young adults, I think they're missing that right now. Now, there's a whole lot there to, <clears throat> to unpackage there, Dr. Hill, because um, you said a couple of points that I think we need to hone in on. You admired your mother. Um, you saw something in your mother that you yourself wanted to emulate and that your mother set a standard for you. She encouraged you to do bigger and better and greater things. And that is a, a void that is a wide chasm right now. And, and right now, um, you know, I, I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago that we have um, you know, Big Mama now is 35. Um, and <laughs> yes. Big Mama being 35 does not have uh, life experience by which she can pass on to generations that are following her. Mm-hmm. And so we have a generation now that is coming up that is literally, you know, walking through life like the bumper cars. They hit this, go that way, hit that, and go the other way. And so how do you, as you look at your life right now, you know, we often say that people look at the destination, but they don't appreciate the journey. Right. So, you know, we got Ph.D. We got Dr. Marva Hill, who was in education for over 30 years. She graduated from Sam Houston University. She went on, got her master's from TSU, her doctorate from TSU. And she is a great educated, a very smart and intelligent woman. And that's the destination. And people see that. But what about the journey that it took to get there? So what are some of those challenges that you had to face in your life? What are some of those obstacles that you had to get above and beyond in order to get to where you are right now? Well, I can tell you this. My journey, um, for the most part, one of the very first obstacles that I realized that I um, had to overcome, I, I, at, at an early age, I wasn't a very outspoken person. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, really open. Um, I lived in this bubble that that my parents created for me, and so I was a little shy. I I, I didn't want to really put myself out there because I, I I was afraid of being rejected. I was afraid of failure. I was afraid of all of those those things that people normally feel, but I didn't know how to express it. And so for me, 
it was it was it was really a challenge. I mean, things that 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 children would normally do, like riding a bicycle. I wrote. I learned how to ride a bicycle late because I was afraid of falling. I was afraid of rejection. I was afraid of the the other kids in the neighborhood laughing at me. I was afraid of being uh, competitive because I I knew that there was somebody out there who was going to do that that one thing bigger and better than I ever could. And so for me, I was afraid of the competition. So one of the main obstacles for me was was overcoming all of those things, but also learning how to live in a society that's a global society. Because we ha- we all have this competitive edge in our head, but we we are, we are afraid to tackle that, and so I I I, I struggled with that for a long time. Um, I struggled with it in elementary school. I um, I can remember uh, one uh, situation in particular where we had a, a talent show at school, and I can tell you I was just terrified. I was mortified because I didn't want to get up in front of the audience and fail. Um, I had been singing in the glee club and at church and participating in all the the ministries and what have you that my grandparents and parents made me participate Mm -hmm. in. Uh, I didn't know what they were preparing me for, but I did those things because I was told to do those things. But in this one instance, I think I was in sixth grade. um, I participated, I agreed, I signed up to participate in the talent show and I was like, okay, I'm really, really scared. So I, I wanted to sing. And um, when I got on the stage, I, you know, you always experience the stage fright. I experienced the stage fright, and somebody messed up my music, and I was just like, ugh. So I, I, got, I got on the stage, and I started to sing, and um, it, was, it was very difficult for me. The students in the audience were laughing, and, and they were like, oh, no, boo, boo, no, no. And I'm thinking, no, I need to do this. So I stood there for a minute. The guy never could get my music correct, and so eventually I walked off stage. So it was something that I, I never was able to, to actually live down. But I decided that I needed to conquer that mountain. So what I did was later on uh, in the school year, we had an a end-of-the-year um, talent show also, and I participated in that one. And I went out there, and we, I just did my thing, and they were like, oh, ooh, wow. And so I, I, I received uh, a lot of the verbal accolades and, and, and praises and what have you, but I redeemed myself. And that taught me that every failure is not really a failure. It is a, the stepping stone to your next level of success. So because I, because I failed the one time, because the music wasn't right, because the situation wasn't right, the conditions weren't right, I wasn't able to succeed, but I managed to, to make the best of that and to go on the next time and to, to be successful. And that was the one thing that I did when I went to that elementary school that, that, um, that I was proud of. Uh, yes, I was in the academically able classes where you, you, you receive the honors and all of that. And that was wonderful because, you know, but that was something that just kind of came natural. But for me to venture out and to, to put myself out there I learned that, you know, I, I, I could do it regardless. I mean, sometimes the, the situations are not going to be perfect, but you have to learn how to succeed against all odds. And in that instance, I learned how to do that. And there were many obstacles after that. There, there was one obstacle uh, that was uh, set before me when I uh, prepared to attend the High School for the Performing and Visual Arts. I'm an A student. I always was an A student. I, I, I tried not to deviate from that because my mother wouldn't allow it. And um, for the most part, I, I thought, okay, well, this is, this is going to be good for me because it's going to give me an opportunity to get 
outside of my shell to actually break through that. Um, so I applied for um, the High School for Performing and Visual Arts. I gave, um, we had to give, get three teacher recommendations and there was a form for them to fill out that would go with the um, application onto the school. And uh, you couldn't turn in the application without the teacher recommendation. So I, I did ask one of my teachers, one of my middle school teachers, um, to fill it out. And she told me that, um, she, she told me, she said, that's, that's really nice that you want to attend the high school for the performing and visual arts. It's, it's wonderful that, that uh, you are setting goals that are so high. Um, but I'm, I don't know that you have what it takes to uh, to stand up against the rigors that this school is going to to uh, to set before you. So she she said that she didn't want to do it. I cried, I cried, and I cried. And for the most part, it was it was a very painful experience. But I and I never told my mother because I knew that if I told my mother, she would take off from work. She was a teacher. She would take off from work and come over and challenge the, the teacher that, that told me that she didn't think that I was, you know, that kind of material. So what I did was I said, okay. So I went and I asked another teacher. As a matter of fact, I even asked my homeroom teacher. And all of the other teachers said yes, and they filled out the, the recommendation for me. And um, I got in. And when I got in, when I was accepted, I, I went back to the teacher who had rejected me. And, and remember, the rejection was always something that I was afraid of. I went back to the teacher who rejected me, and I, and I, I showed her my letter of acceptance. And she said, that is wonderful. Now, when you go, I want you to do everything that they tell you to do, and I want you to um, uh, try to exceed, uh, exceed their expectations. And I said, yes, ma'am. And I thought to myself, why would I apply if I were not going to apply mm -hmm. myself? Why would I even apply to, to attend the school? So that was, a, that was a major hurdle for me because I was, you know, I was, I was in middle school. I mean, I, she was talking language that I didn't really understand, but I, I understood the rejection. And I decided that I would not allow that to get in my way. And from there, you know, I went to performing in visual arts, and I did everything that I needed to do in order to, to be successful there. And, yes, I had friends from, from uh, my middle school who went with me, and all of them didn't finish uh, from um, performing arts. But I did. And I did because my mother, she kept pushing me. And, yes, it was, it was a journey for us because we, they had to reroute uh, Transportation, you know, my, my siblings attended, let's see, my, my brother attended Sterling, but my uh, younger sister and my older sister both attended uh, Worthing High School. So I'm journeying to the other side of town. The way on the other side yes, of town. Yes, in, in a world that was not my own uh, to, to find some measure of success. And I did it. I did it. With God's help, I actually did it. And I, I have to give him the credit because there there could have been so many instances where that turned into something totally different, but it did not. Uh, so for me, that was that was a, a major obstacle that I had. So <clears throat> there's this old saying that says, uh, you see the glory, but you don't know the story. Right. Um, and the reason, again, for this podcast, uh, this particular series of uh, podcasts um, and episodes is to show that uh, black people as a whole are not homogenous. You know, mm -hmm. we can't 
place all black people in one group and just marginalize the entire group of people. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in the African-American community right now, as I know that you know. Um, and as you are looking to encourage people out of whatever situation that they may be in, there are a lot of people that just don't believe that they can do it for whatever reason. You know, whether that's getting a better job, whether that's finishing school, whether that's going to college or just making a better life for themselves in general. Maybe they've made some bad mistakes, you know, early on in life and they're trying to it's very hard to rebound from those mistakes. And one of the things that I'm finding, Dr. Hill, is that as I'm trying to encourage um, and I believe that that is the model to help people to be successful is to encourage them and to expose them to greater opportunity and give them that push, that little nudge to say, hey, listen, look at my life. Glean from my story. God is not a respecter of person. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. But you got to put in the work to do it. So when you're looking at right now what's going on in our culture, you know, there are many people that make what we call bad choices. Um, and, and I won't go into a big diatribe about that, but, you know, people make choices based on the options that they have. Exactly. Right. And so when you have limited options, um, one of those options may necessarily be that bad choice. But when you expose them to greater opportunity, greater opportunity also gives them greater options, right? And so when you're talking to me in the same way with wealth, money is not just this tool that we want to go buy a bigger house and do this and do that. Money, money affords options, mm -hmm. right? And so one of the things that we do when we're talking about normalizing success is so when people look at your life and they look at our lives and they say, wow, 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 and they admire us from a distance, they don't understand that there was some struggle that had to, that we had to go through in order to get to that particular place. For me, education is extremely important. Um, I've sat around, I've told you guys this on the podcast, I sat around, we had a family dinner, family meeting, uh, to which we have a family meeting once every couple of months. And what I did with all four of my children was I released them, Dr. Hill, from my expectations. Uh, I released them from wanting to... Um, I don't want my kids to be like me, right? Because God has given every person a specific path in life. And if you're chasing my path, then obviously you're not on your path. And you will never find happiness trying to chase my path. So what I did was sit down with all four of my children. I said, I release you from my idea of success. I want all of you guys to be successful. I want all of you guys to be productive members of society. And I want all of you guys to know God in the fullness of your heart. That's my version of success, right? So, and at the end of the day, when I look at my grandmother, my grandmother was a waitress and a dishwasher. Uh, she didn't have a college education. She had 11 kids. But my grandmother was the hardest working person that I've ever seen in my life. She was a successful woman. And so when you're looking at that, how would you encourage this person uh, that may be listening, may be watching? You know, they've made some bad mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know, they've kind of tripped over life. Um, life has kind of hit them with a body blow and they're trying to recover. But they don't really see on the other side of that mistake or that other side of that problem. And even though they have, you know, something in them that says, man, I want to do better, there's a barrier right there. So how would you encourage somebody in that place about doing better in life? What I would tell them um, is something that, that I, I would share with each and every student uh, whose path I crossed um, while I was on the education journey. I would tell them that, you know, you have to have more than one plan. 
you can't just have a plan A, and when that plan falls through, you have nowhere else to go. You have to have a plan B, and you have to know how to navigate the waters. It's not just about learning to swim, but it's about it's about learning to swim in a a, a, a lot of different venues. And so if you're able to swim in a lot of different venues, then you will never fail. It's about teaching them not how to just eat a fish or to, to, to have an appetite for fish, but it's about teaching them to fish and to know how to fish in, in uncharted waters. Because a lot of times we, 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 are, we limit ourselves based on our circumstances. And it's unfortunate that that happens to so many of us in society. But when, 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 you, when you're limited, when you reach a, a, a hit a brick wall or you reach the end of a road, then what you need to do is you need to learn how to navigate and go the other way. But what if I don't see that in my life what if I don't see anybody what if I see in my life when a person hits the brick wall he realizes that's a brick wall and he goes the other way I don't have any version of success like that well what I would what I would tell you is that even if you reach that brick wall and you don't have any any modicum of of of, you know uh, or sense of direction what I would tell you is to uh, find find someone who is going to encourage that journey beyond the circumstance we have to be able to succeed beyond our immediate circumstances. Life is only going to deal you so many scenarios, and each one of those scenarios will present a beginning and an end. And you have to learn how to, how to succeed beyond that ending in that particular venue. You, you have to do that. We have to learn how to thirst for that and how to search for that, no matter what life puts in front of us. If, if, if you were able to uh, set up a podcast and, and to reach thousands in, of people in, 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 in a church or in a community center, just imagine what you could do if you set up a podcast, uh, let's say on West Belford mm-hmm. or on the street, and you were able to reach so many more people. So what the, the, the measure of success that we succeed with in one venue, we can take that and we can, we can expand that and we can reach more markets. We can reach more people. We can do more things. We can, we can achieve higher levels of success. But we have to teach our children, our youth, our young adults, how to venture out beyond their immediate circumstances. You can't just fall, reach that wall, and stop because life still goes on, Mm -hmm. and we have to move on with it. If we are going to ever normalize success for for our youth and for our young adults, we've got to teach them those tools because they've got to be able to to succeed against all odds. So what do you do, uh, Dr. Hill? So... Um, in my own personal experience, you know, I understand the environment by which we're living in right now. And I've often said that the answer to black America lies within black America. Um, as I look at the history of black America, I love history. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter three, if you want to know what's going to happen in the future, simply look at what happened in the past. Mm -hmm. I can put my hands on too many people from A to Z, name whatever problem from A to Z. And I'm talking about deep, dark, in the closet type problems, incest, rape, uh, any problem that you can possibly name, I can put my hands on somebody in my immediate circle that has faced that problem and overcome that problem and even use that problem as fuel for their success. And so when I'm talking to our people and our young people and our young adults, trying to encourage them that the narrative that is being framed for black America is a false narrative. Um, the, the, the narrative that is being framed for black America 
is that we are wanting people. We always need help. We always need somebody to pick us up. We always, and, and that is a false narrative. And one of the ways that I believe that we communicate this at a higher level, and this is your expertise, is one of the quickest ways to close the gap economically, uh, society-wise, is with education. Yes. Education is one of the quickest ways to close the gap. The more you know, the more you learn, the more you earn. They got to pay you for what you know. How important is education? And not just a four-year degree, postgraduate degree, but maybe a trade school, maybe just, you know, um, you know uh, the reading of books. How important is education um, in, in the pursuit of success? What, what, how, how much value do you place on education? Education education is the, the, the one tool that you need in order to succeed wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever you choose to do. And what we need to show our youth and our young adults, you get that education, no matter what that education looks like. It may not look like a bachelor's degree for you. It may be certification at, at a vocational yeah. school. It may not look like, uh, it may not look like a, a doctoral degree. It may be a, a, a certificate for, for um completing a food safety class. Yeah. It may not look like what what it looks like in other people's lives, but that's still your that's that's your modicum of success. That's that's the goal that you've set for yourself. Wherever you are, whatever you do, you have to, we have to show them that education is paramount. It's going to it's going to lead them in the direction that they need to go in in order to to achieve success. They won't achieve success without it. So you may not sit behind a desk and and take tests and 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 do homework and and read from chapters but educate yourself if, if that means more on the job training mm -hmm. if th whatever that looks like in your world get that level of success so that you can be successful at whatever it is you're trying to do we also need to show them not only does education help them to get to where they need to go but it also opens up many other options yes, for yes, them yeah. so when you do hit this brick wall and you can't succeed anymore in that little circle you can go somewhere else and still be successful your options are there when you have when, once you have that in your head like my grandmother used to say they can't take anything away yeah. from you that you have in your head yeah. they may take your, your your physical belongings from you they can take they can strip you of all things but when you have that education in your head they can't take that from you. It's, 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 it's important that we help them to understand education opens up a lot of doors. It opens up the options for them. It helps them to succeed beyond the failures that they, they experience in life. It helps them to overcome the setbacks that they're going to have. It is, it's, it's, it's everything that they need. And while you're getting that education, especially in a, in a secular world, you need to also get the spiritual education that mm -hmm. goes along with it. Because that spiritual education is the education that, that satisfies your total well-being. Without God, nothing is possible. Yeah, yeah. So we, we need to show them these things because this is what they're missing. That's why they keep running against this brick wall and not knowing where to go from there. But if we show them where to go, if we help them to understand that they have options, once they get that education, then, then we open them up for, for life in a more global society. Now, in that, and let's, let's follow that train, uh, Doc, because you talk about the education of the mind, but also the spiritual education. When you're looking at the African-American community as a whole, we have always been spiritual people. 
have always been spiritual people. We have always connected to a divine source, God the Father and Jesus Christ his Son. Uh, we've always been very spiritually connected people. I see something going on right now on the horizon of our world to where I am seeing a mass exodus mm-hmm. of young people from the church in ways that I've never seen before. Um, And I believe that it's a couple of different reasons that we don't have the time to go into today. But I see a lot of people abandoning the things of God and embracing the things of the world. And by doing that, you are getting the result of that choice. So when you're talking about educating the mind, I believe that is terribly important because we are living right now in in a society more so than we ever have in the history of our world. We are a global society. When you... When you plus submit for that application and that job in Houston, there are thousands of other people from all countries around the world that are applying for that same job. We are globally connected. And so having the education and the mindset to operate in a global economy is crucial for success. Now, whatever success that that may be, but I'm understanding that paradigm is absolutely essential for that. On the other side of that, Doc, when you're talking about God and talking about educating yourself with the word of God. Um, Those of us who are saved, those of us who love the Lord, those of us who know where God has brought us from, understand the value of that relationship. And without, you know, granted that we've done X, Y, and Z, but had not God put breath in our lungs to wake up that morning, we would have never accomplished it. So I believe that there's a, a, a a dual action that we need to do here. We need to first connect people to the things of God connect them back to their creator, get them into a substantial relationship with the one that created them, and then give them a vision for their life that maybe right now they can't necessarily see. Uh, I won't bore you with the details, but I have a good friend of mine who made some pretty bad mistakes. And I'm 48 years old this year. He's 46. He still wrestles with those mistakes 10 plus years later. And he often says, man, I see you and I see what you're doing and how God is using you, man, and I'm so proud of you. And all that stuff is wonderful. But I say, man, what about you? Oh, man, I can't do that, man. I can't do that. Why? Well, because of this. And he names the same mistake that he, had, that he did when he was 34 years old. And when I'm talking to people like that, that mistake, which was a big mistake at 34, has hindered him for the last 12 years of his life. He's literally stuck in a holding pattern. But here, it, it hit him here. That, that's, where, that's where it haunts him. Everybody in that mistake has moved on except for him. And so I want you to, you know, this is important to me, Doc, because, you know, I, I believe that God, if we believe Jeremiah 29 and 11, everybody throws that scripture against the wall. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans for well-being and a hope in the future. If we really believe that, then what the plans that God has for us far supersede what we have for ourselves, but helping people to connect to that, I believe, is absolutely important. So when you're encouraging that person and they are looking at your life and they look at a Dr. Hill and they say, man, that's great for Dr. Hill. Uh, Dr. Hill went to this this well-to-do high school. She persevered her way through, but I'm not Dr. Hill. I can't do that. And we would be remiss to think that there are people around the world that are not in that boat. They don't think that they can do it. So when they're saying that they can't do it, what's your response? My response would be, yes, you can. You can do it if you have certain things in place. And what I would 
venture to do is to look at their lives, help them to look at their lives and the things that they have have uh, brought, been brought up with, the, the, the lessons that they've been instilled with, the, the tools that they've uh, been uh, instilled with so that they can navigate through society. I'd have to help them to see what those things are. And then I'd, I'd have to show them how God has orchestrated all of this so that they are brought to the point at which they are today and so that they can succeed past that. A lot of times we don't take the time to integrate those two worlds. We look at education as education. We look at the work world, world as the work world. We look at, at, at what we do at church as, as, as what we do at church. And so those are three separate entities. Mm-hmm. But it's the, it's the application and the integration of those worlds that, that are paramount to a person's success. It helps them to succeed beyond the failures. What, when we do that, we open up all of those options that they weren't able to see before. We open up all of those options for them. When, when, with them having three separate Worlds, they're, they're three separate people, you know, but it, you have to come together like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You have to come together. And, and, and in, in coming together, you get that spiritual maturity that you actually need. You, you learn how to apply the education that you actually received when you were younger and the, and the education that you receive as you are matriculating through a particular work course. So we have to we have to learn how, how to help them integrate all of those things so that they actually can see the options. Once they can see the options, they can see themselves being successful in a global society. Most of us were brought up where we are able to succeed educationally. That's one thing. And then we, we, we go to school. We, we, we uh, compete against other people. That's one thing. When we are in the work world, we are simply there to do the job that we've been assigned to do, but we're not competing. But 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 that's that's a fallacy because we are competing even in the even in the workplace. We are competing. We're competing with the person sitting next to us because that person may be able to do more than one thing. We're succeed, we're, we're actually competing against the person who is outside of the building who can come in and they may be able to do five or six different things. So we have to we have to show them how we have to integrate these these worlds, these separate worlds, these separate paths that we think that we've been on for for our entire lives. And then in turn, when you look at that, it helps you in a global perspective, not only not only spiritually, but it helps you in a global perspective. And and when they don't get that, they don't move past it. They don't move past any of the other the other failures that they've had in life. We've we've got to help them see that because in in that in integrating those worlds, we open up all of the options for them that they weren't able to see before. And God is part of that, whether we whether they believe it or not. We know that God is part of because he's part of of who we are totally. And so in order to to help them to get to that point, we've got to make, help them to understand exactly what the journey is about. It's not about just going through one particular bad incident and thinking that that's going to stop you from succeeding. It's not about it's not about uh, uh, running into a, a teacher who does, doesn't want to give you a recommendation. It's not about even running into a person who thinks that you can't succeed because you're black. Only if you're athletic. It's about pulling all of that together and and and, and sorting it out for them. We don't have an avenue that does that for anybody right now, and because we don't have that avenue. We are not able to normalize success in our communities. So I think that once we get that, once we actually set up a a model so that we can help people to succeed against the odds and to include God as part of that journey, 
then and only then will they actually be able to visualize the options that are there before them. So let's talk about that in two two different ways. Okay. One, one, I think that, um, and I absolutely agree, that one of the ways that we have to be able to do this is twofold. We have to learn how to increase our value uh, because make no mistake about it, um, everybody places a value on you. Everyone. Uh, so when you go to a job, they say you're worth $15 an hour. You're worth $8 an hour. They place a value on you. Uh, it is up to the individual to increase that value. One of the ways that you increase that value is through education. Again, maybe not through a four-year degree, but if I'm earning multiple certificates in a chosen field, I am increasing my value. So you can't pay me $5 an hour or $7 an hour when my certificates say that I'm worth $12 an hour. Absolutely. So increasing your value. And then secondly, what I believe that that this is just something that is important to me, everybody. The Bible says that it's going to rain. (laughs) It's going to rain on the just and the unjust. Problems are a part of life. And if you look at anybody that is highly successful and their life has impacted multiple people, you will see on the backside of that story, sacrifice and struggle. We are all products of Amazon. Uh, but I would dare you to go and read Jeff Bezos's uh, autobiography. Uh, I would just dare you to read it. And let me just bring it even closer to home to you. We are all benefits of what's happening here at the Church of Bethel's family. Um, This ministry, 27 years in, was built on the back of sacrifice and struggle. He's told this from the pulpit, so I'm not, you know, divulging any business that everybody doesn't know, but he liquidated um, college funds for his kids to pour back into the ministry, right? So everything is going to require some type of sacrifice. Everything in life, if it's worth having, it's going to be some struggle to it. So what I try to tell people, Dr. Hill, is, listen, if you're up against struggle, good. It's a part of life. That struggle, you may not see it now. That struggle, Dr. Hill, is going to prepare you for what's over here. Absolutely. But, see, we, we spend so much time, and, uh, and it's not to pile on this generation, but we live in a microwave generation right now to where they want it right now. They want the success right now. They want the money right now. They want the house right now. They want everything right now. And wherever there is struggle, they will try to sidestep struggle because we're not teaching this generation how to go through struggles successfully. Absolutely. We look at the cross, Absolutely. but we forget about the flogging. Yes. Right. So everything is about that. So in in, in talking about how do we increase our value in these young people and just anybody in general, you're never too old to learn. Mm -hmm. You're never too old to learn. Stay green. Stay green. Increase your value. If you don't like where you are in life right now, if you don't like the money that you're earning right now in your job, you can absolutely do something about that. If you don't like your career, if you don't like your trajectory in life, if you don't like any of those things, you can do something about it right now. You have the power to do that. Absolutely. You can change your life. Absolutely. You can change your entire world. You can do that. Yes. But it starts up here. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you this question. And here. And here. And in the heart. Yes. Because the mind and the heart are operating unison to each other what drives you and motivates you every day like what um you know on any given day on this tuesday you know what got dr hill out of bed you know even in times when dr hill didn't feel like getting out of bed what what's the motivating force for marva hill to continue to tackle life what's that what, what is that motivating what motivates me first of all you know 
when I when I get up, I, I, I pray first. I, I thank God for, for bringing me through the night and for bringing me to another day. But I also pray for, for him to give me the tools that I need to tackle anything that's going to uh, confront me to, on this particular day. But what really motivates me on a daily basis is being able to come into the workplace and being able to help someone to impact their lives so that they can they can reach another goal, a higher goal, a different goal, so that they can access the options that they have before them. I, I, I live to, to try to help people uh, and to try to eliminate any obstacle that they think you know, is, is in their way. So if they come in the door and they don't have a resume, hey, let's do this resume so we can get you going. Okay, so you've got your resume. Hey, let's let's do the, the online job search so you can do this. What what I live to do is to try to help people to succeed past the odds. I know that I was able to do it. And I, and I know that if you talk to them and if you tell them and if you help them to understand what has gone on with their journey and where their journey can lead them, then I, I know that we can, we can do this. But if we help one, if we reach one, if we teach one, then, then the world is going to be a better place because of it. Because that means that that person won't give in to, 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 to Satan. They won't give in to the failure. They, they, they will still be able to succeed no matter what they've had to go through in the past. Um, and I think that for the most part, if, if, we, if we give them, I, I try to give them the same tools that my mother gave me help them to know exactly where their success lies, help them to know what that success is going to look like. It's not going to be the same type of success that this person experiences. Exactly. It's going to, it's going to look different, but you can, you can get there. You can achieve that goal. Set the goal first, set more than one goal, have a plan A and a plan B. You can achieve that, but you got to, first of all, you've got to seek God. And then you've got to understand exactly wh- where you want your journey to take you. A lot of them don't have a sense of direction. And because they don't have a sense of direction, they really don't know where they want to go. Okay, so let's say you want to go to a, a four-year university and you, uh, you want to, to become a business major and you want to open your own business. Okay, so what happens when you get to the point where you're, you've opened this business? How do you help that business to succeed? Mm-hmm. What's past that? Mm-hmm. You, so you've, you've, got to, you've got to put things in place that keep keep you going, that keep your business going, that keep your, your, your dreams alive. You are only as big as the dream that you have. And that was, that was one of the things that I, I kind of use as a, as a, as a, a motto of mine. You, you're only as big as the dream that you have. If you dream small, that's what you're going to achieve. But if you dream big and you, you struggle and you, you, you succeed against the odds so that you reach that dream, so that you conquer it, you set those goals high enough so that you can definitely reach it, then you're going to be able to do that. So we, we have to, that's the, that's the thing that gets me out of bed. There's one person, and it may not be on a large scale, mm-hmm. but if, if, if I can show them the way to success, then they can achieve far greater than, than anybody in this building, than any of us combined. So I want to, I want to be able to do that. for, And I'd, I'd like to be able to do it in a number of ways. I'd like to help them to do that career-wise. I'd like to help them to do that spiritually, and I, even in their personal lives. But, but it's all about how you think about life. And so for me, that's what guides me. It, it, it gets me up in the morning. It gets me going. It, it makes me put one foot in front of the other. It, it leads me through the doors. It, 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 it helps me to, it, as long as I know that I'm helping someone else. And, and when you help them to do that, then globally, you've made a difference. Absolutely. 
And that's what I want to do. I want to make a difference globally. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be on a grand scale. But if I can do it on a small scale, I know I can do it on a big scale. So you help them as they come into in, 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 in the doors. You help them as they come into your life. Who who I, you don't? A lot of times you don't know who's going to cross your path, but whoever they are, do something for them so that they're going to be better because they met you. I have a um, a mentor of mine. Um, the men know this on Monday nights. I have. Uh, f- Four mentors now. Dr. Richard Klein went on to be with the Lord in 2019. But uh, one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Peterson, would tell me, you have to invest, you have to have a lot of human capital. Yes. Uh, Human (laughs) capital, which means that you are investing um, in people's lives. That's a good word. You are helping people to get to the place to where they want to be. you got to have a lot of human capital. And he said, in our world today, we have a lot of people chasing a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. There are people that die with millions of dollars in the bank. They die with large estates, but they don't die with a lot of human capital. They haven't touched people's lives. They haven't made an impact. And one of the things when we're talking about driving and motivation, uh, motivation is one of those kind of sticky words. It can you know, either be good or bad. But one of the things that I think that drives us is being able to see in that person something in yourself, right? And that somebody came alongside of you at a point in time in your life and said, hey, you can do it. And, and they invested in you. They, they invested time, energy, and resources into helping you to accomplish whatever you're doing right now. And I believe for me, it's one of those things that drives me and my work because I've heard so much during my earlier years, you mm-hmm. can't. You can't. But when I looked at my mom, Dr. Hill, had me at 16 years old, wound up finishing school, went to University of Houston, graduated with a degree in economics, business economics, my mother would not allow me to lean on excuses. Mm-hmm. And so that human capital of that person sitting on the other side of our desk um, that's maybe just trying to navigate their way through life. They don't, they don't necessarily know how. And God has put us in a very unique position to be able to fill that void. Absolutely. And I think, I, I think uh, when we begin to start doing this holistically, you will see this world start to change in such a better way when we start investing in human capital, when we try to make people's lives better and try to share our story so that people can glean from it. Um, Dr. Marva Hill, you are a testament of God's grace. Um, I'm going to, again, give you your roses while you yet live. You you are making an impact in God's kingdom. You are known. Uh, Just a little something about Dr. Hill. You know, preachers, we often get revelations, and we get revelations walking down the hallway, you know, sitting in our cars, and, you know, the revelation is scattered. (laughs) So... We, we get this revelation, type it up in an email, and it's missing commas and semicolons and words are misspelled, and we send it to Dr. Hill. And Dr. Hill, is the, she ungarbles the revelation and makes it more palatable. Let me just say for myself, um, you are a treasure. Thank you. Uh, God bless you in all that you do, Dr. Hill. Uh, you are a wonderful addition to the kingdom of God. And God is using you in a great and a mighty way. And people are being impacted by what you do. So I want to publicly thank you. 
and say that Dr. Hill is not um, the exception. She's the example. Um, so what she has done in her life, the milestones that she's achieved, um, the education by which she's been able to tenure is applicable and applicable to anybody out there that wants to do the same. So, Doc, I want to give you the last word to speak an encouraging word to somebody out there. Um, and just from your heart, speak to them about whatever God wants you to say. What I'd like to say is that um, I, I'd like for everyone to to actually look at their journey and to actually look at the milestones that they've already overcome and to think about those things in perspective uh, and to also set goals that are, are goals that are, number one, that are reachable, that are smart, that are achievable, that are timely. And, and, and with those goals, set more goals because those are the things that are going to lead to your, your success in life. Um, don't allow your success to be um, defined by the parameters that you live in. Don't allow your success to be defined by the, the number of failures that you've come in contact with uh, in your life, not even by the number of people who have, who have brought you down in life. Think big and remember that you're always as big as your dream. And when your dream uh, soars forth, then you also can do basically the very same thing. Your success is going to look like what you want it to look like. It's not going to look like the next person's level of success. So always strive to achieve those things that you know that you can achieve in life so that you can become the person that not only you want to be, but the person that God wants you to be. That's very important. Wow, and that is a perfect segue to look into this camera and say, everybody, thank you. Thank you, thank you. We are approaching one year on Studio B. Um, we're right at 6,000 subscribers, man. We want to thank you guys. Um, never in a million years that I believe that God, I just wanted to provide a platform um, to connect real life to what the Word of God says. Um, and I believe that we have doing we're doing this with a with a spirit of excellence. So we got Steve Miller on the background, we got Dominique Kennard Bing, and we got Walt August the third that are helping us here. And we are trying to put forth a product um, that is done with a spirit of excellence, and that God can ultimately bless. So I want to thank all six thousand of you guys that subscribe and watch on a weekly basis. Um, just remember to like, follow, and subscribe. Share this with your friends and your family, and wherever you are accessing your podcast from, you can get. Studio B on that same platform. Thank you so much for your followership and for your viewership. It goes, uh, it is very, very much well appreciated. Thank you very much, everybody. And we're going to see you guys next week. <laughs>